evening, Divas fans. Welcome to episode 13 of Scourge Divas. Probably dreadfully unlucky. The luckiest episode. The luckiest. Well, I hope so. I hope so. My name is Kirsty and I'm joined by Casey, who is the, the voice from afar. Hi. Prophesying good luck. It will be the luckiest episode of all. This means that for the next week, everybody that listens to it is going to have astonishingly good luck. Yep, that's how it works. And if not, then we don't accept returns or refunds. No, I I accept no blame for any bad fortune that may befall you. No. Casey, how are you? Tell me something exciting happened to you this week. Um... um, (laughs) That's promising. (laughs) Something exciting... Yeah, so I had a doctor's appointment and it was good. Okay, that's good. Excellent. I had a really tasty burger for dinner tonight. Nice. I got home and I was like, Ugh. and my flatmate was like, Ugh. and I was like, Ugh. And she was like, do you want to get takeout? And I went, yeah. So <laughs> we got takeout. It was good. Nice. I like that whenever we have to talk about exciting things that are going on, it always revolves around food. Food's great. It is so great. Have you noticed how good food is? <laughs> it's so good. I love it so much. Uh, I had crumpets the other day, and I swear to God, I had to, oh. I had to stop myself. There was like four in the packet, and I had to stop myself from just pack-manning my way through the whole packet at once. Were they like toasted crumpets? Yeah. With with butter on the oh, oh there was so, so there was like it was like that way when it's like greasy at the bottom because the butter's kind of gone through the wee holes. So much butter, yeah. Yeah, and you so good, and they're just like moist all the way through. Yep. So good, and they were they're like even for them being gluten free crumpets, which we, you know you'd think would be disappointing, but honestly, I could have sat and ate ate them until I was ill. They were I, so good. I don't know. I think I think the fact that they're crumpets might mitigate the fact that they're gluten free. Yeah, I mean, I've never had crumpets are so fucking good. They are. I've never had not gluten free crumpets, so I can't compare. But at the same time, it's they're, they're just so good. Now I really want crumpets, and I ate them all, so I can't have any. I I don't know if our American listeners will know what crumpets are. Do you have crumpets in the states? Oh, I don't think so. I don't know. If 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 anybody wants a, a detailed description on what a crumpet is then let us know and we will wax lyrical about it in a, a later episode we will in oh. f- full and f- flowery I language crumpets. <laughs> you want crumpets now don't you I want, I want crumpets so badly now <laughs> I was full up I was full of burger <laughs> and now I want crumpets you have to like get them so that way so they're not they're not quite properly toasted they're just kind of crispy yeah and kind of they look crispy on the outside and chewy on the inside. Yeah, and then when you put the, the butter on it, it's like hot enough that it just melts the like, butter when the butter hits it. Yeah, I was going to say like an armadillo, but um, no, you don't butter an armadillo, so... I mean, <laughs> out of all the things that are wrong with what you just said, yes, the fact that you don't butter an armadillo. Well, they're crispy on the outside and chewy on the inside. What side would you butter an armadillo on? Uh, the, un- the underside. The underside? Yeah, you'd butter an armadillo's belly. Why? Because that's where you put the butter on an armadillo, obviously. <laughs> Have you never buttered an armadillo, Kirsty? But then, but then if it rolls up, because they do that, they roll uh-huh. up into little, little. Yeah, but then all the butter's balls. contained in the middle. But then how do you it eat it? It doesn't escape. You crunch through the outside, crunchy on the outside, chewy on the inside. Armadillo. But then the butter can't like the butter can't permeate the the outside layer. Whereas I suppose if you put it on the top. On the top layer, it can kind of run down into the inside and it's buttered all over like a crumpet. No, armadillos aren't like crumpets. <laughs> except when you toast the crumpet just right. 
then they have the same consistency, but they, they're not as porous as crumpets. Crumpets are way more porous than armadillos. Uh, by your logic, you would have to you would have to butter a crumpet from the inside out. No, because crumpets are porous. <laughs> How do you know armadillos aren't porous? Because they're not. Have you seen them? Yes. Well, there you go. But they have like plated armor, so there's a level of sort of accessibility there, right? I feel like I'm making a joke with this armadillo <laughs> thing that you're not getting because you've not seen the same advert. <laughs> I really haven't. I thought you were just running with it. No. What advert are you talking about? So it was like for dime bars or something and it had Vic Reeves in it and the the narrator in the advert was talking about how they're chewy on the outside and crunchy on the inside. And, and Vic Reeves was going on about armadillos because they're the opposite. They're crunchy on the outside, chewy on the inside. Armadillos. Oh, I've literally never seen this advert before in my life. I'm going to find it and send it to you later. I thought you'd just, I thought you'd just come up with this metaphor and you were just running with it in the face of God, everything no. I was throwing back at you. And I was actually re- was really impressed by your dedication to buttering armadillos. <laughs> oh, we'll cut this bit out then. <laughs> No, we're absolutely not. You know what's amazing, by the way, baby armadillos. They are. They are very good. I'm gonna send you send you a photo right now of a baby armadillo. Please do. Because it's so cute. I just sent you a photo of a baby armadillo. Look at it. Oh my god, it's so tiny. It's so tiny. Look at his look at his little fluffy bit. I know. I never thought of armadillos as being hairy. Yeah, it's so it's so hairy. I love its little nose. Look at his little nose. I love its little nose. I, oh. I love its little feet. Look at them. Its little legs. It's, it's so cute. It's so cute. It's been snuffling about in the sand. Looking for crumpets. Yeah. <laughs> right, now that we've established what side you should always butter your armadillo on. Yep, on the stomach. On the stomach, on the inside. Yeah. Despite my despite my um, best arguments to the contrary. Yeah, it's just going to run off the armour. Well, not if it runs down and inside. It's got like that sort of plating bit, so there is like gaps where you could you could get a reasonable level of sort of butter coverage on the, the armadillo. Nah, I, I don't think. See it. I think. It. Whereas if you only put it on on it, if you only put it on the underneath of the armadillo, you're kind of restricting the butter coverage to just that bit. But it's going to get absorbed into the fluff. Yeah, but that just doesn't seem optimal. It is optimal. Trust me. Do I really want to eat butter soaked fluff? Yes. Like I've got two like I've, like I've got two cats. I could just throw some lure pack at both of them and have that whenever I wanted. It's not the same. No. Why? Because it's not armadillo fluff. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> okay. Never eat anything Casey cooks. Wow. There's no telling what kind of little Rude. <laughs> There's no telling what kind of little desert critter so it might rude. be. Casey, some some might say that you're a veteran of this game, Magic the Gathering. Um, okay. You've been playing since... I know we went over this in an earlier episode. You've been playing a while since... Ago. A while ago. Yeah. Several, several sets ago. Yeah. So I thought that since you are a, a, a long-standing player and you've probably seen many cards in your time... I've I seen a lot of cards. A lot of cards. Yeah. I thought we would um, we would talk about your your favourite cards in, in the history of Magic. Okay. So I gave Casey a couple of days ago. I said to her, "Let's let's let's do your top ten favourite cards in Magic." 
and we'll talk about them and see 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 what tickles your fancy. So you have got your top ten. I do have my top ten. Okay, so this is it's time for a joyous romp through Casey's top ten favorite cards. Can can I give an honourable mention? You, of course you can. Okay, so my first no my only horrible. <laughs> but that is still your first technically. Yeah, yeah, okay. My first and last honourable mention <laughs> okay. is um, I really love drawing cards, right? That'll be a recurring oh, theme. A recurring theme through this top ten. So my sure. honourable mention has to go to Double Take. Okay. Which is an instant from Unglued. Ah, uh, yes. This is why it's not in the actual top ten. It's just an honourable mention. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's three blue-blue, choose another player... You draw two cards. At the beginning of the first upkeep in your next game with that player, you draw two cards. So you choose another player that, the, other than the one that you're playing? No, it can be the one you're playing. Oh yes, of course it can, yeah. It, it just can't be yourself. Sure. Why, why do you like this card? Cause other than the fact that it's an unglued card and they're all pretty awesome. Because you get to draw cards, and then, during the next game, for free... You get to draw more cards. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And you don't have to choose the person you're playing. No. You can, on a whim, choose somebody that you think you might face in the next game. I mean, they have to be a player in the game that you're playing just now. Yeah, like in the in the um, in the sort of draft pod, I guess. No, no, in, in the game. So if it's a multiplayer game, you choose a player from that game. Oh, so it can't be someone else that you're like you're you're drafting it, with. No, it can't be someone in another match. It has to right, be someone that's... in the game you're playing. That's less fun than I thought, because I was about to ask, how do you know? Like, do you have to just kind of be like, oh, by the way, I picked you? Yeah, I mean, like, I suppose you could house rule that if you wanted, but that's not how, how the card is supposed to work. It's, supposed it's to not be... how the official ruling goes. Yeah, it's supposed to be someone in the game that you're playing. Okay. But it's still cool. That is still cool. Because you, you, get, you get cards now, and then you get more cards later. It's like you've got them on layaway. <laughs> For free? For free, yeah. So you've got them on like higher purchase. Exactly. But it's like the opposite of higher purchase, I guess. Yeah. That, okay. That, that's awesome. Now, now that we've now that we're done with the nonsense. Yeah. Let's get on to your actual top so, ten cards. What's at number it, ten? In number ten is Cadaverous Bloom. So Cadaverous Bloom was one of the key cards in the first combo deck I ever played, which was the Prosper Bloom or Prosperity Bloom combo deck. So it's a Stupidly busted enchantment. Three black green. And it has the text, Exile a card from your hand, add black black or green green. So how does so, the combo work then? So what the what the deck did was it used... Um, it, it was like a multi-card combo. So you, um, you started off by, as quickly as possible, playing Squandered Resources which is an enchantment for black-green that lets you sacrifice a land to add one mana of any colour that land could produce to okay. your mana pool. So once you've got that in play, you then, on the next turn probably, you tap and sacrifice all your land, so you've got no land in play. You play Natural Balance, which is a sorcery for two green and two that says each player with more than five lands in play sacrifices lands until they have five lands in play. Each player with less than five lands in play searches their library for basic lands and puts them onto the battlefield until they have five lands in play. 
So basically, if you've not got five lands, you've now got five lands. And because you just sacrificed all your lands to uh, to squandered resources, you don't have any. So you get to search for five and they come in untapped. So yeah, so then you play Cadaverous Bloom. You sacrifice all the rest of your land and you exile everything in your hand except Prosperity. And you cast Prosperity, which is a blue and X. Each player draws X cards. So you draw a bunch of cards. You do the whole thing again, drawing more cards this time. Cast an even bigger Prosperity. Exile 10 cards from your hand, or 11 cards from your hand. Add 22 black mana and drain life your opponent for 20. And it could do that on turn 3. Turn 2 if it was really lucky, but turn 3 oh, reliably. That's gross. I can see why you like it. Yeah. Lotus Petal was in the standard format at the time. That makes sense. So you could you, you could play four Lotus Petals in the deck. Nice. That makes sense. Yeah. That does seem like a very you deck. It was disgusting. It was so good. Never. This is going to be great because I've never heard of that card. So I can tell that this is going to be a an exciting journey through cards that I've never seen before. Some of the cards are newer than that, um, but some of them are quite old. I like the art for Cadaverous Bloom as well. It's pretty rank. But it's kind of cool. It's just it like a cool. skeleton. Yeah. Like a, it was not even a skeleton. It's just like a body with like foliage and shit grown out of it. Yeah. I like that. Okay. What's number so nine? Next, at number nine is a much more recent card. And I'm pretty sure you'll know what this one does. Okay. Don't, don't overestimate my ability to remember cards. We're getting back to the card drawing theme here. It's Sphinx's Revelation. Oh no. I do know what this card does. I'll tell you why I know what this card does. Because when I first met my fiancé, he was playing um, Azorius Control in our local game store. And I was playing some Ragro deck, and I would get him there to one life every single time. And then he would uh, Sphinx his revelation and gain yep. a bunch of life. And by that time, I'd run out of steam. Oh, that, is why, gross. that is why Sphinx's revelation is on the list. Because I also played that Azorius Control deck. Oh, so gross. And it was so good... Because you just took all a whole bunch of damage, and because it was an instant, you didn't even need to like think about when you might die. You could you could just leave it up and cast it at the last possible second. That is the disgusting bit. Like, that would be disgusting as a sorcery. Yeah. The fact that it was an instant, it's just gross. So like, for, it's for those who so don't know, good. for those who don't know, it's blue, blue, white, X. Draw X cards, gain X life. It's like the peak control card yeah totally because we've had similar things before with like brain geezer and the aforementioned prosperity brain geezer sounds like some smart cockney guy in the pub (laughs) different type of geezer (laughs) like giving out wisdom yeah imagine him like a dell boy from fully fools and horses but yeah sphinx's revelation not only drew you cards but gained you life as well and it was an instant it was so good yeah, it's enabled control. It's the fact that so it was well. an instant is the most disgusting thing. Yeah, like it's disgusting anyway. But the fact that it was an instant, you'd think because I was I was reasonably new at this point, and I always kept forgetting mm-hmm. about it. And you would always think that you'd got them, and then like in your end step, it'd be like ah, oh, Sphinx's revelation, and you'd be like ah, oh, great. Or you'd they they would attack you for lethal, um, and they'd be like right, okay, so I'm on five, and you're attacking me for six so i'll block your four four with my whatever my my one one that i randomly generated from something (laughs) and and then i'll take two and go to like 
four life, and then in the end step, I'll I'll just gain sixteen. And then draw a bunch of cards. Sixteen cards, and then just start yeah. like draw all the all you know a load of other counter spells and Sphinx's revelation and stuff. Especially like if you manage to get to the point where you. You've been like throwing out creatures, waiting for something to stick, because that's what you have to do a lot of time against control decks. Mm-hmm. You just throw threats out and wait for someone to stick, and um, you would vent, you'd get someone finally, and then they would draw like a bunch of counter spells and a bunch of, I can't remember what removal was in the Azorius control deck, but there must have been something. Supreme verdict. Sup- oh God, how did I forget Supreme and, verdict? The other hated card. And quicken was in the format at the time as well, so you could quicken qu- supreme verdict. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a bit of an ongoing joke, I think, with my other half, because he did that to someone once and they were the most unpleased I've ever seen anyone be after a magic game. <laughs> Quick and Supreme Verdict's just the most disgusting thing you can possibly do. It's so funny. Wait for them to, wait for them to go to combat, swing swing with lethal, and you Quick and Supreme Verdict and kill all their creatures. Yep. Oh, that's yeah. actually made my heart. I have. It's made my heart burn worse just thinking about it. Like my blood pressure has actually risen considerably. I'm sorry. Just thinking about the Sisonius control deck. Yeah, I'll give you that. The Sphinx, uh, Sphinx's revelation, pretty much like the ultimate control card, yeah. and it's instant. I can see why you've put that on your list. I'm interested to see what else you've got, given that that's only number nine. So number eight, I had to have a Planeswalker in there. Yeah. And there could only be one greatest planeswalker of all time ever printed ever jace the mind sculptor that makes sense because holy shit have you seen what that card does so for people that don't aren't familiar with with the 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 legend is jace the mind sculptor why don't you tell the audience first of all what he does and secondly why he's so good so he is a two blue blue for a legendary planeswalker jace starts with three loyalty he has four abilities so he is a plus two which is look at the top card of target player's library you may put that back on the top or on the bottom so effectively scry one or fate seal one he has a minus one which is return target creature to its owner's hand he has a zero which is draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand on top of your library. So brainstorm, basically. And then his ultimate is minus 12, and it says target player exiles their library, then shuffles their hand into their library. So in terms of like drawing cards, which you like to do, that seems pretty much your ideal planeswalker. Oh, it's so good. It's so good, because it's, it doesn't just draw you cards. It draws you three cards. Yeah. And yes, you need to put two back, but anyone who's ever played Legacy will know how good brainstorming is. Yeah. And in a format where you've got fetch lands, and in the standard format where Jace the Mind Sculptor was printed, he was printed in World Wake. And funnily enough, that was the second set in the Zendikar block. And you know what Zendikar had? Enemy fetch lands. It was so good. And just, he does he does everything. If you're behind, he can bounce your opponent's threats. If the game's at parity, he can brainstorm you to, to draw you extra cards to give you the advantage. If you're ahead, then he either finesses your draws or finesses your opponent's draws. And then his ultimate basically just says win the game. 
Like, it's it's win the game in a few turns, but it's win the game. And Jace is so good. Jace Mind Sculptor was so good that when they first made the modern format, that was just on the ban list from the start, wasn't it? Yeah, they just banned it straight away. They were just like, yeah, you're not even getting to even play that. Yeah. You just don't get into it. It's now unbanned and doesn't seem to have completely upended the whole thing. No. Do any modern decks play Jace Mind Sculptor? Um, but it's always control must, surely. Yeah, yeah, the the control decks do, but I don't think they're playing as many as they were before Teferi's got printed. Yeah. The blue bite Teferi's. But it was when when Modern was first uh, created, Jace they just immediately said, No, you're not you're not getting to play with this, it's far too good. It didn't get banned yeah. in standard, did it? Um There were bannings in standard at the time, but I don't I don't remember if Jace was one of them. But that was a Squadron Hawk deck in standard. Like it ran Squadron Hawk and Swords because we were right after Scars of Meriden block and Jason Mind Sculptor because that was a combo. You play your Squadron Hawk and search for three more Squadron Hawks and then brainstorm with Jace. So you draw three cards and put two Squadron Hawks back in your library. And then you play another Squadron Hawk and draw another two squadron hawks. It was so good. It was so good, Kirsty. Oh, I'm getting I'm smiling just thinking about it. It was so good. I'm both happy and sad that I wasn't playing back then. Because it just sounds wild. Yeah, it really was. Anyway, Jace the Mind Sculptor. Jace's favourite planeswalker of all time. Number seven. Number seven is a card that people might think would be on your top 10 list rather than mine. Is it Stormbreath Dragon? It's not Stormbreath Dragon, but it is okay. a dragon. It's Wrathy Dragon. Wrathy Dragon? Oh, yeah. is it is it, um, it Balefire Dragon? No, it's Wrathy Dragon. Wrathy Dragon? Yeah. So it's two red red for a 5-5 five five with flying. When it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless you sacrifice two mountains. It's from Tempest. Spell Wrathy? R-A-T-H-I. It's from the Plane of Wrath, so it is a wrathy dragon. Oh, I was googling, I was spelling it like Wrath, as in like Wrath of God, but with right. a Right, no, 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 no. And it wasn't coming up. Oh, he's cute. So the reason I like Wrathy Dragon and have it on my top ten list is for sentimental value, because okay. it was in my deck during the first tournament I ever won. Oh, that's nice. What, what deck was it? Uh, it was... What was at the time called Sly, but would these days probably be called Red Deck Wins. Yeah. Bear in mind, this is back in the 90s. People didn't know what a mana curve was, and this was the first deck that had a real mana curve. Yeah. Um, it ran like 17 one-drop creatures, and then 13 two-drops, and about eight three-drops, and four four-drops. And the four drops were the Wrathy Dragons. They were the top of the curve. Uh-huh. Um, but you just you played out your hand by turn four in every game. And decks at that point, that was too fast for them. Yeah, that sounds good. He's cute. He yeah. looks sinister, but he's cute. He's lovely. What tournament was it? Oh, it was just a like what would now be a Friday night match. In fact, it was what would now be a standard showdown. It was just a Saturday afternoon tournament in a shop called Mana Vault in Glasgow. Right. Okay. That's good. That seems like a, a good dragony boy mm-hmm. to help you win your tournament. Acceptable. Yeah. I like it. He looks like a wise old man. Yes. 
Love Wrathy Dragon. And legal and modern, because he was reprinted in 9th edition. Interestingly, one of the few dragons that I've never heard of or seen. Got quite a few of them. So, introducing you to new dragons. This is good. Public service. Yeah. Love Wrathy Dragon. Okay, what's number six? So, number six is Meriki Riberit, who... If anyone's, ever, <laughs> if anyone's ever played me at Commander, that is the, the commander of my favourite Commander deck. And that's why it's on the list. Um, so she is... Is, is this is this the one that's in your um, triple-sleeved Commander deck? Yes, she's the I Commander. Hate, I, I hate her. So for those that don't know what she does, she's a 1-1 for three different colours of mana that doesn't untap. Because all the best Commanders are 1-1s that don't untap. <laughs> She sounds really easy to beat so, when you put it like that, but I know I know from experience that uh, she's a pain. Yeah, so her actual text is she costs white, blue, black. She's a legendary creature human. She doesn't untap during your untap step, and she has the ability tap, gain control of target creature for as long as you control Meriki Ruberit. When she leaves the battlefield or becomes untapped, destroy that creature. It can't be regenerated. It's like the worst removal spell because you, you, the creature it gets destroyed when you when you do, um, kill Meriki. Yeah. But before that, she gets to hit you in the face with it. Yeah. And it's like, that's just rude. It is. It's so rude. It's great. I love it. Especially when you're playing, because I've played Commander against you a few times, which is why when you said it was your Commander, I just kind of winced because I know. Because <laughs> my, command, my Commander deck is all just enormous dragons. Yeah. And I can't tell you how painful it is to, to play an enormous dragon with some cool ability. Like, um... The one I can't remember what it's called, but like the five five that when when with the uh, what's it called? A five five what's dragon. The, uh, there's a lot. What's the but what's the name of the one that get, when it attacks you become the monarch? Oh, um, I don't know, like boss master dragon or something probably. So like that, but it's the one yeah. that like it's the one with the monarchy yeah. um, ability, and I, I can't tell you how painful it is to play that and then have somebody steal it and start hitting you with it and you know that it's just going to die you don't even get it back like most things when you most you know permanents when they take control of something if they leave the battlefield you get it back not this one not this one anyway there, tell, there tell are, us why she's great well there are a few things better than beating someone to death for commander damage with their own <laughs> commander oh. because because that still counts. Like, as long as the damage is all from one commander, then then it's commander damage. So you can you can kill someone with their own commander, and it's it's so good. The look on their face, they never see it coming. But what's even better is when you kill them with commander damage from a one one that doesn't untap. <laughs> oh, you're mean. Because what you do is you get her, you put. All five Swords of X... I realise there's seven now, but I only play the, the enemy ones. But you put all five Swords of X and Y on her, so that basically nothing's blocking her, and then you attack for 11. Then you play Wrath of God, <laughs> send her back to your command zone, recast her, pop all the swords back on her, and attack again for another 11. <laughs> You never see that coming. Either. No, I it's can so imagine. Funny. I like that. Like looking at the art, she looks like a sort of maybe middle-aged lady. Yeah. I just like the idea that the sort of middle-aged lady is coming for you with five fucking swords. How is she carrying five swords? She got like one in her mouth and two in each hand. Yes. Nice. She's like a food processor. Yeah, like what? Actually, one in each hand, one in her mouth, and one strapped to each foot. 
<laughs> she's just cartwheeling across the battlefield towards you. What's better? Uh, ki- killing someone with commander damage from their own commander or hot bird crumpets? Oh. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, it might be the crump. Well, if they're good crumpets, it's the crumpets. Okay. And it's anything other than good crumpets. It's uh, healing someone with their own commander through commander yeah. damage. Okay, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Okay, so we've we've dealt with the um, sword wielding, cart wielding old lady. Yeah. What's number five? So number five is Magus of the Jar. Magus, Magus of the Judging It Regular. Yeah, Magus of the Jar was from or is rather from Time Spiral, which was the first set that I came back to when I came back to Magic from after I quit after Mercadian Masks. Because Mercadian Masks was shit. Because Mercadian Masks was shit, yeah. Um, but Time Spiral was this nostalgia set, and it was full of these sort of old references to old cards, and Magus of the Jar is a reference to Memory Jar, which was from the last good set, basically, before I stopped playing. Um, and it was so busted. It was totally busted. Like, the, the deck that used Memory Jar kind of got banned before the set even got released. Oh, I love when that happens. Yeah. What was the deck? Oh, it used um, Memory Jar and Telerian Academy and like a bunch of cheap artifacts and stuff. And I don't remember exactly what it did, but if it used Telerian Academy. That's, that's all you need to know. Yeah, that's fair. But Magus of the Jar, it draws you a shitload of cards. Uh-huh. And it waxes nostalgic to the early days of magic and um it's from the first set when i came back it's just really sweet N- yeah. nostalgia good and nostalgia card excellent number four number four is yogmoth's well of course it is so i really like snapcaster mage who's not on this list because snapcaster mage is good but it's not it's not quite powerful enough but mm-hmm. do you know what's better than Snapcaster Mage giving one of your one of the cards in your graveyard flashback. Uh, something giving all of the cards in your graveyard flashback. So better than that because it's not even flashback. You can just play them from your graveyard <laughs> for the converted so, mana cost. Yeah, but you can play lands from oh. your graveyard. If you've got multiple land drops, for whatever for whatever reason, you can play multiple lands from your grave it's just so good and it enables ridiculous combos like absolutely utterly ridiculous storm combos in the format that it's legal in it kind of seems like the card that your opponent would play and start going off and you would just be like sitting there sort of twiddling your thumbs idly looking around the room while your opponent uh, does all some like graveyard related bullshit I mean Probably about 50% of the time, at the point where they're casting Yogmoth's Will, they've already spent the last five minutes going off and getting a bunch of stuff into their graveyard. Yeah. That they're just all going to cast again, just run it all back. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty disgusting. That is pretty gross. It nice is. art, though. It like, is. It's very like, nice art. Like they are. Yeah. Okay, number three. Number three. We're in the top three. We are in the top three. This is the bronze medal of, of it, Casey's favourite cards. It is. It is the bronze medal. So it's um, 
I'm going right back to alpha for this one. It's Oof, right back. Did yeah. you, you did you start playing in alpha? Beta. Beta. Okay, yeah. so we're going right back to we're going right back to alpha. Yeah, black vice. Thought you were going to say black lotus. No, 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 no. <laughs> black vice was the win condition in my first deck. Okay, what does black vice do? So let me get you the exact text. It's an artifact for one mana. And I'm going to give you the text from, like, the original printing. Oh, gosh. Is it like an are-you-sitting-comfortably kind of deal? No, 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 no. It's, it's not that complicated. If opponent has more than four cards in hand during upkeep, Black Vice does one damage to opponent for each card in excess of four. Oh, okay. So did you, like, make your opponent draw loads of cards and then just kill them? Yeah, made, made your opponent draw loads of cards and destroyed all their land so that they couldn't cast them. Oh. Yeah. Every single deck that you've told me that you've played, apart from the, the one with Wrathy Dragon, and it just sounds horrible. <laughs> they were, I mean, look, it was. It was a fun deck. For you? Yeah. It, it may have been influenced by the fact that my brother's deck played Library of Leng. So, for those that don't know what Library of Leng does, uh, the first line of text on it is you have no maximum hand size. <laughs> so I took advantage of the fact that he had no maximum hand size by... Uh, yeah, I mean, but... build build for your local meta, right? Yeah, exactly. When your local meta is one person, yeah. you build to beat that person. So Black Vice, otherwise known as uh, your brother's worst nightmare. My brother's worst nightmare, yeah. I don't think my brother's played Magic since 1994, <laughs> so... Probably um, because of that. Probably because of that, yeah. Okay, what's getting the silver medal? Silver medal. So, something I often like to say is that all the best cards have exactly three words in the text box. Is the oh can I can I can I can I guess? You can. Is it draw three cards? It's not draw three cards. Draw, Although that draw that is that cards. is a good text box. It's not draw two cards. Is it um, oh God Father? Is it destroy target creature? It's not destroy target creature. Is it... Um, if I tell you that most printings of this card have a shitload more than three words in their text box... Is it Exile Target Creature? It's not. Um, God, that could be anything. Like, most old cards used more words than were really strictly necessary. So, most of what's in the text box on most printings of this card is reminder text. The card has only ever had three words of rules text. Um, I'm going to put you out of your misery and tell yeah, you... Yeah, put, 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 put me out of misery. It's Time Stop. Oh. So for those that don't know what Time Stop does, it is an instant. It costs blue, blue, four. And the rules text of Time Stop is end the turn. Yeah. The reminder text... <laughs> is exile all spells and abilities on the stack, including this card. The player whose turn it is discards down to their maximum hand size. Damage wears off and this turn and until end of turn effects end. I was expecting some like Chains of Mephistopheles style shenanigans. No, no, no. It just like the, the original te the text always has been end the turn and that's always been the rules text of the card. What's interesting is that it's, it's one of a select number of cards that have a section in the comprehensive rules that is devoted pretty much to them. <laughs> there are other cards now that end the turn. There's um, 
that artifact that does it only on your turn, whose name I can't remember, and there's the, the red version of Time Stop that ends the turn, but you lose at the end of the next turn. But Time Stop's yeah. the OG. Why do you like cards that say end the turn? Well, it's not all cards. It's specifically Time Stop, because if there's one thing I love draw more than drawing cards, it's countering spells. And a lot of spells these days have that text on them that says this spell can't be countered. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah, I mean, like, it's all well and good saying that you can't be countered, but what that means is they can't be countered except by, like, ending the turn because they don't resolve, because you're not countering them. They just they just, yeah. get, they just cease to exist. Oh, so uh, it's, it's, it's the ultimate fuck off. To, to people <laughs> trying to cast spells or like kill you and shit it's, it's not just a counter spell it's a fog as well it does everything yeah. it's 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 the best thing it can even stop you losing the game from like drawing the last card in your library if you play time stop in your own upkeep you know i've changed my mind when i said that sphinx's revelation was the um the ultimate control deck card i actually think time stop is like the ultimate <laughs> the ultimate control card and it's an instant mm-hmm that's disgusting. Yeah. Because is the, is the red one an instant? Because that was only pretty reasonably recently, and I know what one you're talking about, and I yeah, don't remember. Yeah, it's, it's an instant. It's an instant. It okay. would be it would be pretty pointless if it was a sorcery, because you want to be doing it in response to things. Oh, yeah, that's true. Actually, that would, that would, that would be shit. Yeah. Why would anyone print that? That would be the worst card ever. Here's a card that says end the turn, but you can only use it at a time when you're either going to end the turn anyway, or it just disadvantages you. Yeah. Untap, upkeep, draw, main phase, end the turn. Oh, yep. fuck. I fucked it. Absolutely. I fucked it. <laughs> okay. So the the version I play in my commander deck is the 10th edition foil, which it has been printed without the reminder text, so it literally does just say end the turn. <laughs> How final. Yeah. I like it. Okay, we've, we've, hit, we've reached number one. This is Casey's all-time favourite Magic the my, Gathering card. My, my all-time favourite Magic the Gathering card, and it's going to cement me as a baddie in the the oh, ears no. of the listeners get ready listeners so your favorite rager is a baddie it's uh it's another spell that just has three words in its text box oh, is it oh okay let me try and guess this one is it end the turn it's not end the turn is it draw is it draw three cards it's not draw three cards <sighs> destroy all creatures is nope. it wrath of god no nope. Because um, Wrath of God says destroy all creatures, they can't be regenerated. Can't be regenerated but the yeah. proper version of Wrath of God says bury all creatures, so that is just three words. But it's yeah. not that either. Um, oh God, what's the absolute baddiest effect that you could do that fits in three words? Counter they, target when... spell. Oh, is it counter spell? It's counter spell. <laughs> counter target I love spell. Counter spell. There's no redemption. There's no hope. <laughs> I love it so much. Of course, it just, of it just course. stops your opponent doing things, and it just co- <laughs> it only costs two mana. Yeah, and it's, it's just so, so final. Yeah, it's not even like you know unless unless this happens, and then at least you feel like you had the option. Yeah, it's not it's not like leak or power sink or syncope like, or yeah. a- anything anything like no no just it's just just, just it might as well, it, counter target spell. That's it, it might as well just say no. It, it might as well. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, that. Can I do yeah, this? No. Yeah, no. No. I'm just gonna play no. No. I just no. But cannot no. And no. I want to no. <laughs> In response, no. 
Yeah, you are a baddie. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, to break I'm a it bit to of you. a baddie, but I just I just love counterspell. It's it's the perfect magic card in every way because except that it's blue. Yeah, blue's the best color. Blue's by far the best color. Okay, if you say so. I do say so. If you say so, okay. It's got all the best cards. Counter target spell, end the turn, draw three <laughs> cards. They're all blue. I like my cards to be redder and have more words on them. Uh, Deal damage. I mean, bolt the bird. Bolt the bird. That's more than three words, though. It says lightning bolt deals three damage to any target. That's more than three words. Okay, but everyone's heart. They know that it just says deal three damage. I know. I it know. might as well just say deal three damage. It might. It, it might as well. well. Yeah. Well, that was that. That was that was a disgusting romp through your <laughs> your favorite baddie cards. Yeah. Of I'm, all type. I'm not that much of a baddie, but I'm a bit of a baddie. Uh, as someone that's played against your commander deck, I can confirm that you are a baddie. I'm not. Give me my dragon back. No, it's mine now. <laughs> no, counterspell. <laughs> I'm keeping it. No, no, I want my dragon back. No. <laughs> in response, no. In, in, res- in response, I flash in this Avacyn Angel of Hope. Your dragon <laughs> res- is now indestructible and still mine. <laughs> in response, time stop. Yeah. The turn ends and your dragon is still mine. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting! So in an astonishing turn of events, nothing in the world of Magic the Gathering has irritated Casey this week. It's quite shocking, I know. I'm absolutely flabbergasted. I'm actually also quite disappointed. I feel like she's let me down. I'm sorry. (laughs) So uh, since this is probably people's most favourite bit of the show... And this, I mean, there's a reason we put it on you at the end. So, so you have to listen to everything else. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. As this is people's most favourite bit, I thought I said to Casey, right, pick something, anything that annoyed you that doesn't have to be magic related, and and you can vent about it. So, Casey, what what in the or the whole wide world of everything did did uh, did you find pushed your buttons this week? So as as we may have mentioned. Once or twice in the last couple of episodes. <laughs> Once or twice a it's, minute. It's it's been pretty warm in the UK for the last the last couple of weeks, and I was on the bus coming home the other day. I got on this bus and I'm like, "Fucking hell, it's hot." Gotta right, gotta go upstairs. Gotta go upstairs because there's a lot of people downstairs in this bus. I'm gonna go upstairs see if it's any better upstairs. It wasn't better upstairs. I sat down and I'm like, right, okay, I'm just I'm just gonna get a set sit down on the bus and and I I'm like, why is it even hotter now I'm sitting down? And I reach my hand down to near near the floor next to me where the heater is. And the heater's blasting out hot air on the bus in a fucking heat wave in the hottest recorded temperatures in the UK ever. This bus has got the heat on. And and I'm just, it boggles the mind. I'm sitting there pissing sweat out of every pore, <laughs> just trying trying to trying to get home after a long hot day at work, like sweating my arse off, doing. I know I sit in my bum all day, but um, it's it's still hard work and it's still hot as fuck. And and the last thing I want when I get on the bus on the way home is for the fucking heating to be on. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just someone explain it to me. I don't understand. It's, 
it's it can't it can't be more efficient for the bus to have the heating on, right? Surely not. That's, the, that's not how. I like. I'm I'm not an engine scientist, but <laughs> but I'm pretty sure is that's it, not how engines work. An engine scientist. Yeah. Is that is that the actual technical name for that? Yes. Now. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know how engines work. It's all magnets and shit, right? Yeah. But. There's no way it's more efficient to have the heating on. So the drivers put the heating on because they want the heating on. What kind of crazy person wants the heating on in a heat wave? Is your driver... Are they, are they a lizard person? Is your driver an elemental? They didn't look like an elemental. I did check them for, like, gills and shit, and they didn't seem to be <laughs> a lizard. Um, or, or any sort of snake or anything. Uh, maybe they were in disguise. I don't know. It's the only thing I can think of. I just, Amazing. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. So, someone, please I, help me understand. I got on a train a few weeks ago. This was before like the really, really mega hot temperatures, um, and I, I got on this train and I, I sat down, and it was only when I sat down that I realised that the same thing was happening on the train. The heating was on, but it was blowing down from the top rather than coming up. Oh no! So it wasn't even like because my first thought was that if it'd been on the floor, I was going to put my bag or something on top of it to kind mm-hmm. of block the air vent. But there was no sort of respite from it. It was blowing down with force, like actively blowing down like a heater, um, Fucking on hell. this train. And I don't know how many people are familiar with uh, the Scottish rail transport system. But it's shit. It is. It is so shit. The trains just aren't nice. There's all. There's never enough. I mean, it's. I think it's probably fine if you're going to Aberdeen, because all the trains that go to Aberdeen are always really nice. Right. The trains everywhere else are shit. So I'm sitting on this train. Like there's like two carriages to it. It's the middle of rush hour. The Edinburgh festivals on. So everybody's going in, in and out of the city. Um. You know, people are like piling on. There's people in like full bike gear hanging bikes up. Um, and I'm I'm just sitting there, and this was when I, this was before I got diagnosed with anemia, so I felt faint as fuck all the time. Anyway, I constantly just felt like I was going to pass out. And I, I'm sitting there, you know, and I've I've taken off as many clothes as it's socially acceptable to do on a train. Yeah, which isn't much. Um, you know, your mileage may vary depending on where in the world you are, but in, in here it's it's not much. And I'm just sitting here with this like blowing air beating down, and I'm like. These, this, this train company actively wants me to die. Yeah. They want me to just crumble into dust or just to be like some sort of mummified figure by the time we actually get to my stop. I could feel myself desiccating. I think I lost about a fifth of my body mass in sweat by this, the time I got home. This is why the fares are so high on public transport in the UK because they just constantly <laughs> get the heating on. Yeah. It's the electricity bill. Yeah, I feel like I feel like my dad here going, "Oh, that thermostat's too high." But <laughs> come on. I know, like the you know what the worst thing is, but in the middle of winter, when it's the heating's like, never on. It's like sleeting and it's freezing and it's frosty, and you're sitting there with like twenty layers on, and the heating's not on. It's like they want to save money in the winter months. Yeah, it's like they're trying to kill off a significant portion of the population by making us freeze to death in public transport. It's like, can you not? Please. They, they used their entire budget over the summer. Yeah. By <laughs> There's nothing having, left. Having the heating on all day and now they just they, they can't can't have it on in winter because they, they don't have any money anymore. <laughs> if, is your bus service significantly worse in the winter? Like do the lizard drivers hibernate and there's like very, very much fewer buses struggling to get drivers? 
See, I always put it down to the fact that there was a there was snow on the road, but you might have it. You might be onto something there with the lizard driver. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. The Komodo dragon bus driver is in hibernation. Yeah. He's like, it's like, um, it's like, what is it you do? Where, like when people have got tor- tortoises, and you put them in the fridge to hibernate. Yeah. You go home and like go take your dinner out, and it's just your bus drivers all crammed in at the back, lying in, <laughs> in your in your salad drawer, cuddled up. <laughs> in, Cuddled up round your rocket leaves. Yep, just having a having a long winter's nap. Oh, is, it, is it March yet? Get out my fridge. <laughs> Casey, are you ready for everyone's favourite quickfire game? Is it a question of sport? It's not a question of sport, although that is a that is that's a great quickfire round. Yeah, it's not. I think that. That's that's my brother's favourite quickfire game. It's not it's not quite as high stakes as a question of sport. What were the stakes on a question of sport? I don't know. I was just trying to think. Because I'm pretty sure it was just bragging rights. I don't think they actually won anything. Yeah, I think it was because it was like a game show, but it was more sort of like a yeah a comedy aspect to it. I think it was more just for entertainment than anything else. Maybe they got Maybe. something behind the Who scenes. Knows? I don't know. Right, it's not a question of sport. It's a shite or delight. Okay. Which similarly has no has no prizes. But it is hopefully similarly entertaining. Good. Let's so the do pur- it. the purpose of shite or delight is that one of us will have a list of things that must be rated as shite or delight, and we'll read them out, and the, the other person will will rate them accordingly. I've got a, a list for Casey. Are you are you ready? I'm ready to tell you, re- you whether these things are delightful or shiteful. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go. Crumpets. Absolute delight. Total bagger. <laughs> heaters on buses. Shite. Baby armadillos. Total delight. Putting butter on top of baby armadillos. Shite. Counterspelling Sphinx's revelation. Oh. 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 Delight, Ooh. because De- I, I must be counterspelling someone else's Sphinx's revelation. I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. Uh, the GP Vegas coverage team. Oh. Complete delight. Have you seen it? It's so good. It's so neither, good. Neither of us being asked to be on the GP Vegas Coverest team. Complete shite. Why are we not <laughs> on there? Get Ben think... Stark off, replace them with us. <laughs> Just the both of us. Yeah. I think we swear too much. Nah, it'll be fine. Like... <laughs> Somebody makes a play and we're just sitting there like, oh, was shite. We'll, we'll go in Riley's luggage. Do you think we could get away with like every time a play is being made, just playing it like shite or delight? <laughs> Yes, we should. To- we could totally do that. Someone plays a land and doesn't match the other lands, and it's like shite. Shite. Counterspell. Delight. Delight. Somebody plays Hob- Hogak. Shite. Shite. <laughs> Anything that Reduke does. Delight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Re- Call us Channel Fireball. Reduke fixes his hair. Absolute delight. Yeah. Reduke inhales. Delight. Absolute delight. Yeah. Mashi, get me on the phone. Oh, uh, I think there's there's probably a very real and legit reason that we're not, we're not being asked to do this. But if you want us, you know where we are. Yeah. Casey, if people want to come online and contact you and tell you their favourite team captain double act from a question of sport throughout its illustrious past, where can they do this? I mean, in all honesty, I'd rather they didn't because I don't really care about a question of sport. <laughs> but if, if they have to do that, they can find me on Twitter at Purple Snap or on the Scourge Divas Twitter at Scourge Divas. 
and also at the Scourge Divas email, which is scourge.divas at gmail.com. And you know that because Casey said that she'd, she'd rather you didn't, you all know what to do. Yeah, don't. <laughs> uh, you can find me online at Artist on Twitter. I'm at Artist on Instagram. I'm also on the Scourge Divas Twitter and email. Special, special exciting update, by the way, speaking of the Scourge Divas Twitter, on next week's episode we're gonna have a special guest we are it's gonna be very exciting we're gonna have charlotte with us who is a level three judge and also a member of the commander advisory group yep so we're gonna be talking about all things commander uh so if this if you have any burning questions about commander in general or about what the commander advisory group does or you you just want to ask charlotte about whether she likes crumpets or not anything you can tweet us, email us, message us your questions, and I'll make a big list of them, and we will grill Charlotte for next week. Not on an actual grill. Not on like not on like a not on like a barbecue in my back garden. No. But no. In a in a in a in an interviewy kind of way. Yeah, I don't think you should appreciate being put on an actual grill. No, it's far too hot. Yeah. It's far too hot for that kind of nonsense. So do get in touch. Um, I'm sure people people must have inquiries about the commander advisory group, this mysterious group of people, or even just commander stuff in general. Yeah, I mean the spoilers are are coming out for the new commander decks. Yeah, if you want to ask her what her favorite commander is or what her favorite card is or anything like that, feel free. We're open to everything. We will see you next week for that. I can't wait. I'm very excited. Yeah, we will de- actually see you because we now have spy cameras in all of your houses. Yeah, we do. I spent yeah. last week installing them. Yep, that's that's what Kirsty's been up to. You'll never know where they are. Well, you might find some of them, you but might you'll find never some... find them all. <laughs> <laughs> so we we can't really say bye then, because we're seeing them all the time. Yeah. See you shortly. See you later. See you shortly. Yeah. <laughs>